Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to Wrestling Changed My Life. This is your host, Ryan Warner. My guest today is Christian Piles, who is the voice of Flow Wrestling Radio. He's the favorite son of Virginia, and he's a wrestling nut. I mean, this guy knows so much about wrestling, it's insane. And I want to have him on just to understand how he got to Flow and what's a day in the life like at Flow. And so it's a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Fan of the Week goes to Carson Beebe, who is a friend, a fellow competitor, and now a listener of the show. So thank you for tuning in, Carson. Really appreciate it, man. This episode is brought to you by WrestlingChangeMyLife.com. Folks, you could easily spend the next three hours of your day perusing each and every corner of the new website. It's WrestlingChangeMyLife.com. Type it in and enjoy. Now, without further ado, let's take you to Austin, Texas for this conversation with Christian Piles, where we pick this one up with Christian talking about how he got involved with wrestling from the jump. Peace! Yeah, no, certainly. Um, it's funny. My, I don't know if it's funny. I don't know what it is, but there's, there's definitely a lot of reasons I should not be working here or doing this job. And I think about that all the time. I know I'm, I'm really, really lucky to be where I am. And it's like crazy, the weird things that have kind of got me to this point. But um, I guess I'll begin. So background on me as a wrestler did not wrestle until my senior year in high school. So I was super into running and like wrestling is just not a thing. And this is kind of a theme for my area where I'm from in Virginia, shout out Churchville and Buffalo gap. Um, but there's just not a strong tradition. I really liked running. It was kind of like a thing I was, I was decent at and our team was good. We got second in the state when I was a sophomore and, I had never seen wrestling, didn't know anything about it. And every now and again, you know, it's small school, Virginia. So they're just always wandering the halls, looking for bodies to, to try to sport. I get the coach had, you know, asked me, but you know, you know, just ask, Hey, would you want to come out? Would you want to do this? And no, 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 not really interested. Don't really know what that's about. And then my senior year, these two wrestlers ran across country just to like, be in shape or whatever. Right. So I was, they were like, Hey, you should come out. You could wrestle. I was really small. I was like, um, probably a 12 pounder. If I like 
knew how to wrestle and cut weight and stuff. I probably would have been a 12 pounder as a senior, but I was like a 19. So they're like, you can beat this kid. I know you'll be able to start blah, blah, blah. And so like, I'm like, okay, to me, like, it's really cool. That I would start in a varsity sport. Now I don't know. They're just saying that they don't, they, have, they know absolutely nothing. They do not know if that's true. They don't know. They, I should probably be terrible. And in fact, I was terrible, <laughs> but they convinced me to come out, but they're like, yeah, you'll start. I'm like, yeah. Um, but it, for whatever reason, it never occurred to me as a senior. It's like, how can they know I would start when I've never even done the thing? But when, you know, when you're in high school, I guess, you know, thinking about things like that, I just heard that I would start, but it didn't really work like that. Cause I didn't start right away. And I couldn't, <laughs> the kid they said I failed to beat, I could not beat, but <laughs> I did, I did manage, I did manage to start. Um, I had to go up to one thirty which as I, as I mentioned, I was not a 30, but these are the things you do. And I did have to beat someone to start. So the spot was not given to me. I did beat someone out. So they were sort of right, but they weren't right in the way they, they thought they would be, but all, all, all good and all fine. So I was not good, did not do well. Obviously, I don't think there's many people that could do the sport right away and have success. And certainly not, certainly not me. Um, but so I left, I, I wouldn't say like at that point, I was like, wow, I have this wrestling bug. I'm like, I really love this. Cause I was like, I didn't even get close enough to success to where I felt like I, I knew how to get it, but I did see the guys around me that were good. And I, I kind of understood like what it took. And so enter in, and I think this was kind of a turning point for me and it all connects. It's kind of, it's kind of weird how one thing kind of leads to the, to the next, but um, so my brother was, when I graduated, he was a sixth grader and I was like, he's kind of like me, he's built like me. He was really, um, a super hardworking guy. Um, even as a, he's, he's always, he's the youngest. He's always like the most responsible among us. And he was pretty focused, driven kid. I was like, I think Ryan, he was going to be small like me. Like Ryan could be really good at this. I really think he could be good if, if he got into it now. And I, I had a lot of regret. Just like, man, if I had come out for this, I do think I could have been good. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, I didn't. And so I obviously wasn't, but I was like, Ryan could. So Ryan comes out and then he does little league and he's pretty good. And then I, my, uh, my coach, coach Robinson, I think he just could kind of like sense that I just wanted to be a part of the sport. I wanted to be around the sport. I wanted to do something, be involved. Right. And, so this was like a really big deal to me uh, at the time. But he, he let me, he asked if I wanted to help coach Little League. And I was like, yes, definitely, definitely want to do that. So that kind of jump started me in my journey to learn as much as I could about coaching the sport, which sent me in kind of like internet deep dive, just reading uh, online, watching as much video as I could get in front of and um things things of that nature just so i could learn because i knew i didn't i knew i didn't know how to get anyone good and just like where i'm from and the coaching i was exposed to i also knew that that they weren't going to know how to help me learn how to get to the next level so i was like i just need i just need to figure out a way i know it's out this information's out there i just need to learn it and i think i can i can be helpful so i did the little league thing for a little bit and my brother uh a couple years and then now at this time is flow around or no yeah flow is around flow okay. is like 
it's it's like just it's all it's all aligning per- perfectly, right? <laughs> so like it's just, this is around this is around, well, I started keep coaching little league in like two thousand four or five. Uh, I'm trying to put the. So I first started helping in like two thousand five, I want to say, and then, but it could have been a little before that. And flow was not around then, but I as I was doing it more and more, flow did flow was around. And then by the time my brother, so my brother is a freshman and I'm still just helping with little league and like just being around the sport and trying to learn as much as I can. And I'm then I I started to like first to shift a little bit to where not only am I trying to learn how to coach and help my brother, then I started getting really obsessed with like division one wrestling and watching anything I could. And this was around the time Ben Askren was like on his ascent and Ben is, you know, probably someone that I've watched more than, more than any other athlete. I was just, I was just glued to like his way of thinking and just found him so interesting and fascinating. And I don't know what that has to do with anything, but it was, (laughs) it was kind of that, it was kind of that era when like Ben was coming into his senior season. I watched him. um, I watched him major Jake Herbert from the, front desk of a comfort inn and suites where I was uh, currently working. So I, that was like uh, a moment I'll, I'll never forget. But so I'm just kind of like on this path of just like learning as much as I can. And I know I don't know anything. And really the internet is like coming at a perfect time for me to, to learn a lot. And I'm reading a lot and I end up coaching a uh, so long story long. I end up getting offered uh, an assistant coaching position when that coach that asked me if I wanted to, help with little league he moved on to another school the guy that started the program in 1989 ended up kind of he's the last guy left so he had to be the head coach again even though he had retired from it and so i think he sensed my energy and knew i'd at least work hard even if i didn't know anything and so he let me be an assistant coach which spiraled my obsession out of control unhealthy and it would be (laughs) unhealthy it would be unhealthy and, and and frankly sinful Till from that point until 2013 when I got hired because I was a I was a teacher at this point um, I became a father in 2011 and I'm coaching but it's like so I should be focused on teaching and being a good teacher and writing good lesson plans and and you know sitting and, and taking care of my kid which I was but like was I focused on my family and not not probably as much as I should have been right. Um, but I just, I just had this like crazy, crazy bug that I, I just could not, I couldn't get enough of this sport. And the, the obsession around getting my brother as good as possible was good, but he, and he ended up being good. You know, I was kind of right. I feel like a little, little validated there. He was, and he's, he was Virginia good, right? Like it's all, there's levels to this, but for a guy, he was a three sport athlete and he was all state three times. To- three different times. So he, he did good. He had a nice career for himself. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. And then I, he graduated and I stayed on, I was eventually the head coach at gap, which that made things even crazier. And actually one year I ended up the head coach at gap. And also I was, um, working full time at flow. That was definitely the craziest thing, stupidest thing I'd ever done because I was, literally gone every single weekend during the rest because i was either traveling for work or traveling for wrestling every weekend and it was really really 
bad and intense and I had like a oh a three and a one year old or something like that at that point. Anyways, your poor we're in wife times man. now. Oh man. <laughs> oh she yeah, oh. absolutely. Like she and that's the crazy thing. Katie hasn't probably been mentioned enough in, in this. Just like the only reason I mean she's just like so new and like supported this like and there's no way she could have known i i didn't really know that it'd be possible for me to like have a job in the sport but i just think she just i don't know she just always supported my my passion for it even when it was like not rational it didn't make sense but she always was like behind me so yeah definitely um my wife is major major trooper so anyways coaching obsessed in like my d1 interest is like out of control i'm really obsessed i'm playing fantasy wrestling on message boards which is like the something i was i was literally <laughs> probably spending it's so bad it's so bad man i know that I, I was probably spending like 10 hours a week just on fantasy wrestling related stuff like watching matches to make fantasy decisions or making like dming people to make trades like it was i'm telling you it was bad it was really really bad um but you know what? I'm, I'm just gonna be honest uh, that's all I can be at this point. It wasn't good, but that's what I was doing. But I just, if you do, if you do something like that, if you make those kind of choices, you are in fact left with a, a lot of knowledge. If that's all you do, if, you, if all you do is any one thing, you're going to know a lot about it. So I was able to go from someone who did not wrestle at all, who didn't know anything about D1 wrestling, who didn't know anything about the history of the sport to pretty quickly like really knowing what's going on knowing the main storylines and knowing at a pretty basic level like how to do the sport right so i think that gets me to 2012 we'll say i'm still still coaching i'm not working i'm teaching uh teaching i'm not working at flow and willie hits me up and asks he's like hey he dms me he's like i have something you might be interested in media wise and I was like, I hit him back right away. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Because um, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Willie, flow guy. Like, yeah, yeah. Of course, all the while, of course, throughout this entire time, my, uh, my entire uh, dream would be to work in wrestling, right? Like something I would really, really want to do. And I don't know. So when he hit me up, I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, anything, what? So they needed someone to do, they didn't have D1 rankings at that time. So he asked if I would want to do that. And I was like, yes, absolutely. So I started doing that with my buddy who's named Ben Golden, who is, um, who is another um, fantasy wrestling dork. He was actually the commissioner of our league. So the, <laughs> the chief, that would make him the chief dork, I guess, at that point. But, but so Ben, ben is, I mean, Ben's super, super sharp guy. He could definitely be doing this job for sure. But he's like, super smart engineer dude so he's probably uh doing just fine for himself but anyways ben was awesome um awesome help to me and helped me with the rankings for a really long time and uh last couple of years he's like ran out of time to do it so now spain i do them but so during that season we did the rankings i think they were doing really well on the site and i started like you know i was kind of sensing they were kind of liking what i was doing so i just started giving them articles like, hey, I wrote a preview for the Minnesota-Oklahoma State duel, and they would run it, and, you know, they would perform well. So I think they were seeing, like, 
the stuff I was doing was resonating well, which it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if you write about popular teams, people will like to read it. Right. But, but that's what I did and uh, no one else was doing it. So I think they, they perform well. And also stars aligned a little bit here. I was so, I, I probably couldn't do this again, but when I was doing these previews, I had like a couple of them. So I would do a little analysis and I would give my predictions. And a couple of them, I went 10 for 10. And they were like, whoa. And I was like, nah, probably. I was just uh, the right time to get hot with my with predictions. But I think they, I remember even Martin and, and Willie like kind of mentioning something. So I don't know. I don't know if that mattered at all. But anyway, that, that year went well. I really enjoyed doing it. It was all, uh, it was all pro bono. But I was really happy to just like, man, for someone that didn't start wrestling, till their senior year didn't know anything about it by you know in less than 10 years i'm like i'm uh i'm being featured the fact that i was like being featured on the number one wrestling website in the world was like mind-blowing to me and so and an honor and it still what still is right um so then it was like late 2013 joe flow um, left to take a coaching position in California and the position opened up. And so I applied and all that. And Willie was definitely a big advocate for me there and, uh, helped me get the job where I worked remote for a couple of years. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I started in October of 2013. So I'm coming up on six years full time at flow. And, uh, yeah, that was probably, uh, too long. There's a lot I left out too, but dude, to um, think I think, that... I think it, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's just like how everything, I don't think I connected everything well because I don't, I don't know why, but like the timeline still is it's just like a lot happened, but I think how everything, the sequence and how everything happened, I think it all played into it. the fact that I was asked to wrestle or I would never, I would never have thought to get my brother. In. And if I hadn't got my brother in it, never would have had this hunger to learn. And I've had the hunger to learn. I wouldn't have learned about D1. And then D1, I wouldn't have been able to rank. So it, it all like really, it's, it, it kind of all tied together. Man, you think about how different your life would have been if you didn't meet those guys early into your senior year or the summer after your junior year. Like into your junior year, right? you don't care. You don't care crap for wrestling. It doesn't even mean anything to you. And then now it's your life and you are... I mean, for all of us wrestlers, you would have what I would consider a dream job. And I know it's a lot of work, and I want to get to like what the day in their life is like. But man, between that yeah. and then kind of the emergence of the internet, which allows all of this, all of these crazy wrestling fans to to connect with each other, it's just a perfect storm, man. It's super cool to hear about it. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely a, a dream job, and um, I'll never, I'll never try to do do we work really really hard and put in a lot of hours sure but i never feel like you just you know it's very cliche but you know you're, it doesn't feel like work right because i i love i love working with the team i love wrestling i love getting to travel there's just a lot of really good stuff about it and so yeah you're exactly right so now i know just from uh, social media that you're down in austin now but you know what is a day in the life like working at Flow? And are you only focusing on the wrestling stuff? Or are you doing other sports as well? So um, that is that has changed. So like, you know, from 2013 to 2016, I was strictly a content creator uh, for Flow Wrestling. And in 2016, I was a senior editor. So I was kind of like 
in charge of like the content for Flow Wrestling. And in 2017, uh, I was a managing editor, which I had I was given response the content responsibility over over several sites. So now um, my focus is not solely on wrestling. So now now I'm a, a content director, and I work with marching and grappling. So those three verticals that mm-hmm. that I work with. So my my focus is split, but obviously um, I keep a side eye on wrestling at all times, and it definitely it definitely gets the gets most of my focus uh, for sure. If I had to like put it in a pie chart, wrestling is the most. But I have a you know like right now probably no one cares about this, but in grappling, basically the Olympics of grappling are at the end of this month. It's ADCs. ADCs. Yeah. Yeah. ADCC. Okay. So you know. Yeah. So it's gonna be huge. So I've huge. been like hyper focused on this it's a huge event for the company we've been we've gone on tons of content trips i've been working with with the team on the strategy and they're they're doing a they're doing a really good job so it's like really hyper focused on that and then like in the summer there's for marching there's something called dci which is like the biggest the super bowl for the marching art so i'm working with the teams and making sure they have what they need and we're coming up with a content strategy. So as far as day to day, what I don't like about flow is like no two days are probably ever the same. We do have like Mondays are kind of meetings. So it's like I have, we have the wrestling content meeting. We have, uh, uh, the grappling content meeting. We have like some like production stuff that we talk about, like the overall video content strategy. And we have team meetings and, uh, like we're, all of like content leadership gets in a room and talk about how we're tracking towards goals and whatnot. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of different stuff. It's a lot of collaboration. It's a lot of like, um, you know, just side conversations and figuring out, make sure everyone's headed in the same direction, but like there's, there's no, um, really set day. So what you're saying is FRL is a small part of what you do, sadly. (laughs) Sadly. Sadly it is. I wish, dude, it would be, I I know that's, that's part of one one thing that kind of stinks. It's like, I would love if like, I want to do FRL every day. I would love to do that. I just, I literally can't. Yeah. Right. It would be, it would be so awesome to do it. And so, yeah, but that's like my Tuesdays and Thursdays. But it's just not it's just not possible with the with our responsibility. It would be it would be tough for for those guys to do it every day as well, just with our travel yeah travel schedule. Alone. But yeah, FRL is definitely like a big part of my story and something I'm uh, Willie and I are like really really proud of. Didn't you and start so, like, that for, before you worked at Flow FRL? No, okay. Uh, that was that. I didn't have that until. Uh, I work at Flow. It actually kind of started as a mini podcast, Deep Cut. Here, uh, it was just me in my basement in Virginia. This this segment called Preaching with CP. Stupid name. Ray. Wow. Shout out to Ray. My Ray, my boss, was like, "That is really lame." And it was like, "Well, we couldn't call up anything else, and we just did it." But anyways, that it did really. It actually performed pretty well. And they're like, "Okay, that, those were like ten to twelve minute clips." and like just little video things you know so we're like all right well there's something there so then got it a little more long form i actually remember uh i don't know if you know who dom bachata is but he's like the guy that runs scrap life and um re- really cool guy but he he would call me after him he's like man these, these should be longer these should be longer so he said that and then 
my boss Ray was like, you should, you, you need to start doing a podcast. You should do it live. So we started doing it live. And then like two episodes in, Willie got, was on the show. And then it's been Willie and I ever since. Man, the rest is history. It's by yeah. far the most entertaining wrestling podcast out there. Um, and I would say, you know, I, I'm big into grappling as well. In fact, I, I have to ask you about a Gordon Ryan hypothetical matchup with Snyder, but we'll pause that for a second. Um, oh, man. Because <laughs> I... I'm actually... Uh, I started jiu-jitsu practice, <laughs> learning jiu-jitsu, so... I, I got saw it the picture. Season, so I'm, I'm, dude, it's freaking fun. Have you ever done it? I've done it. Only no gi, though. I went to gi one time. I used to live in San Francisco, and the gi, like, uh, man, it freaked me out, dude. It is such a different world to me, the no gi. I haven't done no gi yet. I've only done gi. I really like it. It's like, I feel like this is one thing. Wrestling needs to figure this out. And I don't know if it's possible because wrestling is just, just inherently, it's just harder. It is yeah. harder than jujitsu, right? And I don't know if there's a way to, but like, there's something about the structure of jujitsu practices. They're way easier. And jujitsu is just, uh, the live act of it is much, much more doable for like, average people that are not like if you're if you're a high school or college wrestler you were in ridiculous shape mm -hmm. you're doing this every day but like just that's just not possible for average people but average people can do jujitsu so I don't know, there's something there but i really 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 like it it's very fun i i bet and it's addicting too and you're in such a great place man one of my favorite companies on it on it academy has yeah. um i think 10th planet eddie bravo's gym has a location there but I mean, you guys are just how awesome is Austin? Let's just put it that way, man. I love Austin, man. I and you know that's kind of a, another part of my story is like moving here. I said, I said, and there's many people in this company that are like I remember when you told me you would never move to Austin. You told me you would never, and I really, I just, I love Virginia. Virginia is just like so much a part of who I am, and I'm, I'm very family oriented, and I miss my family every day, my parents and my brothers. Um, so I never thought I would live anywhere but Virginia. And that was just something I always just said. And then eventually like, the travel kind of broke me and I had two young kids and I start, finally started coming to my senses about like what wrestling was doing to my family. And they were, my kids were four and two and I missed, I was traveling for both their fourth and second birthday. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. So there, I was able to, you know, take a, take a promotion or whatever that would get me off the road as much. I'd be able to kind of travel at my pace and at a pace that Katie thought was more acceptable. So that was like, that was big me moving here. And yeah, Austin is sick. I love hot weather. I love being able to do stuff outside. There's a lot of good food. There's a lot of good things to do. There's tons for my kids. So it's great. I love it. Um, Have and you I, been over I, to uh, Honor Academy yet? No. Do you know what that I is? I train at Paragon. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, I've heard of on it. Yeah, I'm familiar. So while we, with the time I have left you here, I would like to get back to because I think a lot of wrestling fans would love to know this. Let's say when you were only focusing on wrestling, what is a day in the life like? And are you gone every weekend to like some like to the Tulsa Nationals or the Kickoff Classic, or are you only going mm -hmm. to the big events? Like, how does that work? And how much are you on the road? Uh, I was on, I was on the road quite a bit. So yeah, my days are definitely a lot more, um, explainable than when you're like management, it's like, 
uh, I could let's just like say the names of the meetings I'm in, but that'd be very boring. But like for this, when I was content creator, basically I was kind of doing a couple of things. One, I was just kind of like news hound, like stuff would come up or I'd be working on different stories and like trying to break stories. That was like a big part of what I was trying to do then. And then I'd be writing a lot of the day, um, just trying to post a couple of pieces of content. Back then we were like, just looking for a lot of easy wins for just like to keep the site moving. And con- so like sometimes it would be as simple as like embedding a tweet that Jordan Burroughs sent and like giving a little context around it or like announcing a recruits commitment. So basically back in the day, I was just like getting up, writing, seeing how much content I could create every day. We're constantly like, cause I was remote, but I basically that's funny. I was just on a, a Skype call with Willie and he would just like take me around the, the office and that I was just like, I tried so hard because I just never wanted people to think that me being remote was a barrier because right. I so badly didn't want to have to have to move that I was just like, I was just like, I'm just going to be on the phone on Skype with Willie all the time. So I was like as much a part of the team as you can be while being remote. We were just, so there's a lot of collaboration, communication. There's a lot of just, there's a lot of just talking about wrestling and it can like, it spirals into, into ideas and as far as travel um now we, we do a better job of like being strategic with with our travel and prioritizing but i was on the east coast so it was easy for me hey you're going to eastern states you're going to um iron man you're going to this keystone you're going to all this thing in pennsylvania you're going down to super 32 in north carolina so i mean really me being and that was like part of my thing i'm like guys look i'm in virginia it's near everything this is awesome and like they're like, yeah, for sure. That's why you're going to everything on the East Coast. So it kind of bit me a little bit, but it was awesome. Like I, I remember, I was actually a little classic name drop here, but uh, I was talking with Yanni when we were up at Cornell, and I was at Cornell when he did a, a exhibition match against Vito during uh, when this was when Aaron Pico had his senior level debut. I don't know if you remember this. This was in twenty November of 2013. Or yeah, I think November of 2013. So like Pico wrestled this Russian guy and Yanni wrestled this kid. So I was doing things like that. And it was really fun. The, by far, like one of my first, it wasn't one of my first trips because it was in the summer of 2014. But I got to go to the world team camp at Arizona State. Wow. And this was like, so this was, this was when I was like, for, for basically from the time I got hired to, as soon as I got hired, I was like, I can't believe this is my life. But the moment when I was like, this is my life, I cannot believe, I can't believe it. So I'm like, hey, Willie like sets it up. He's like, hey, Christian's going to come. He's going to cover this thing. And uh, so like USA kind of hooks it up so I could stay in the dorms where like the, where the athletes are staying. Right. So I'm like, okay, cool. So they have that set up because like the camp, it's on the campus, the training camp mm-hmm. and all that. <laughs> and um, so I get in there. And I'm rooming, I'm rooming with Brandon Slay, who I'm like, I've never met. I'm like, wow. I'm like, what? I'm like, with, I'm with an Olympic champion that I've like so much respect for. And this guy, like, now nah, I just, I just, I was a really big Brandon Slay fan. And then, um, then like, I'm just in my room hanging. I was like uploading some content or whatever. And Matt McDonough walks in. This is when Matt, was going to have to wrestle up in the Sean Garrett for the university spot. So he was like a 
him and Frank Molinero were like in the same suite. So they were like around the whole time. I was like, what? Wow. It just didn't make, I was like, what is happening? I'm like, in, I should not be anywhere near these people. Right. But I was like, I was staying with them. I got to know. And like from that, you know, I, I formed a friendship with, with Matt McDonough. I've stayed at his house. And like, that is still kind of, that is still kind of crazy to me. I'm like, I remember when this kid came out as a freshman, he was so freaking tough and they didn't know if he could make the weight and he just made it. And like, I watched his entire career and then poof, I'm like, I'm here with this guy. Like now I'm like a peer and I don't know. It's, it's, it's really, it's just kind of crazy. The, the things that I've been, I've been able to do just because I'm just lucky enough to be in this position. Right. Dude, it's awesome. And for people like, you or me or a lot of my friends where we didn't yeah i placed in state once i went to fargo once but never on that level where i knew like those elite Mm -hmm. guys like like when i was there jimmy kennedy was the man and i had him on my podcast about a month ago and i told him i go dude when you were a kid people had these rumors about how good you were and it was true so like now for like people like you and i to be able to sit down and talk with these guys it's unreal and Man, you talk about Brandon Slay. When he beat Satiev in the, uh, I think it was the yeah. quarters of the semis in 2000, I couldn't believe it, man. Yeah. And then my brother yeah. bought the Brandon Slay DVD, like his double leg thing. So we had a little mat in our basement, so we'd watch that all the time. I had the John Smith video. Tanner had the Brandon Slay video. But, dude, yeah. I uh, to your point, man, it's just cool to even to, to even see them in person, let alone get to know them. And sure, I'm, excuse me, and, so I'm sure you have those kind of relationships with all those guys now. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it it really is. And I mean, you know, if you like, I like wrestling. And, and one thing I think that attracts me to it is like, there's just, there's just, they're just cut from such a different cloth. The, the mindset and the, I, I just love how accountable they are to what has happened in their life and how, yeah, just a really no excuse. It's just a it's just a culture that really resonates with me, and I think is like found I find really refreshing, especially now in today's day and age. And I remember reading a season on the mat. I was like, these, oh. these are these are the people that that was, a, and that's another that is a big chapter in my story is me reading that book. That got that got me so I don't know what it was about. It just I felt like I got to know what Gable was like and what the Brand Brothers, Tom specifically, and just like. I don't know. That that was a really, really special book to me. Dude, that book's um, on my desk right now. I read it in middle school, and I reread it as an adult, and I'm just like, Gable was a wizard, man. Just a wizard with all the yeah, different ways he'd motivate total. people. And I was lucky enough to go to his house last Friday and interview him for two hours for this podcast. And so I was buffing up on that book before that interview, and it was just like, man, to be able to sit there was unbelievable. But I love that book, man. Love it. I, I read it every couple of years. I haven't read it recently. I need to reread it again. I'm trying to think when my son's old enough to read it. It's like, right. he's kind of smart, but he's only, he's only in like third grade or something right now. So I don't know if he's quite ready, but he's a, he loves Iowa. So I think he'll, uh, Dude, he'll I saw, I saw you say that you wanted to live in Iowa at some point in your life. I grew up in Illinois, but 45 minutes from the university of Iowa, it is a different kind of place there, man. But Austin's better. No question. <laughs> no yeah, question. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely some trade offs, but man, I mean, Virginia, no one knows what wrestling is. No, I mean, what about like, Great Bridge? Not as well. Listen, I'm not from Great Bridge. I'm not from nowhere near Great Bridge. Okay, 
it's like that's the beach. Like no one knows, no one knows in the Shenandoah Valley what Great Bridge is or Steve Martin and Granby system. Like okay. I didn't when I was a senior in high school. I knew. I mean Christiansburg, right? But Christiansburg was like two hours not near is like near Blacksburg, and you know may as well have been you know, Pennsylvania. Because <laughs> it's just like it's just not it's just not part of the culture. It's like very football. It's rural. It's just like I don't know, wrestling is just not a thing where I'm from. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, I'm sure you've got to got to make up for that in spades. And, you know, as we wind down here, I always kind of wrap up with three rapid-fire questions, and we'll close with how did wrestling change your life. Uh, the first question is, <laughs> this is something I discovered during my research. So I research each guest pretty pretty rigorously, and I came across a gentleman by the name of Tracy Piles and his trip to Orlando I've never laughed so hard in my life than I, when I watched that video. What <laughs> is that your dad? And what's the backstory on that? Cause that is hysterical. <laughs> my dad, um, where is Tracy piles? Okay. So that, I mean, he's 71. So old and pretty, he's pretty computer savvy first. He's been, he's worked on, he's in business as, you know, for as a profession, so he's like kind of computer savvy, but, like he would be better off if he just had none. And then if someone would just have to do it for him, but he knows enough that he's like, okay, this is a good, good deal. $200 flight to Austin. All right. Just connect to Orlando. No problem. And he didn't read, you know, the 17 hour layover thing. It's very, um, you know, to me, these, you know, maybe this just, that's, when you fly these budget airlines, I guess you just kind of get what you get. But to me, they, they're just, they're just preying on the, on the elderly here when they do yeah. do stuff like that. But no, but dad is like, he, 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 so, he just doesn't care. Also, I was like, okay, whoops, did that. Oh, well, he's just very much make the best of this thing kind of guy. And as you, I don't know if you, if you saw the video, he's very goofy, <laughs> charismatic. He likes to be, Man. uh, he likes, yeah, he likes to make people laugh. He, and he really, more than anything, liked to embarrass me throughout my entire um, childhood, up through high school when he would, he would film us going to our first day of school from kindergarten all the way through senior high. He would like film us walking into school, walking to our cars, doing all this stuff. Highly, highly embarrassing stuff. From basically third grade on you're like this is so embarrassing and he he just does not care it never ever bothered tracy piles to embarrass me so i i hope i don't do that to my kids but invariably the way these these things work i probably will and for the listeners who have no idea what we're talking about and sincere apologies he apparently (laughs) was trying to fly from what virginia or florida to austin gets a flight that's 22 hours (laughs) it shows up the next day He's like, okay, but yeah, I fly from Richmond to Orlando, I can off, no problem. Well, he he had a 17-hour layover in Orlando <laughs> that he didn't realize he had until like the day before the flight. And instead of like book booking changing, he's like, ah, whatever, it's fine. I made a little made a little boo boo both ways. By the way, he had he had 15 plus hour layovers, coming and going to uh, Texas and back. God so love him. He used to. Yeah, God love him, but it's also worth noting that my dad used to just drive, he probably will again, but he used to drive from Virginia, uh, where he lives in Churchville, to to, to Austin here, 
one shot straight through. It's a 20 hour drive. He would do it the whole, just straight through. He would not stop. He would not sleep. He would just get gas and eat. And he, he's like, he never quite broke 20 hours, but he, he could do it very fast. He's a seven year old man. So, but they'd also freak my mother out and basically all of us. And he can't see well at night, which if you drive 20 hours straight, you will, you will uh, intersect with nighttime. So, um, for all those reasons, we'll we'll take the eighteen hour layovers over him trying to drive that whole way. Indeed, indeed. Now, yeah. second question is, what's your 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 favorite memory of all the broadcasting you've done over the years? Oh man, jeez, great question. Um, this is always changing. I th- I think right now that the Oklahoma State Iowa duel. Um, this February has to be up there for me, not because of how it went. Just like to, to me, it's all about when the crowd energy is insane. Um, that's what, what really does it for me. So as far as like things I've been on the call for is definitely that Oklahoma state, Iowa duel. I mean, pitch pinning Spencer was just like, Oh my, I mean, God. I've never, there's, there's never been the place went nuclear. It was just, I've never heard anything like that. I've been in Carver, I was in Carver when Alex Meyer beat Mark Hall. I've been there for some pretty big ones. I haven't been, I wasn't there for J.O. Ramos or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I've been there for some cool stuff. And But there, there was nothing, there's nothing like calling a big match when the crowd is going crazy. It's just like the most fun thing you can do. And that match in particular was crazy because, I mean, I feel like when with those two teams, 125 is always kind of the symbolic weight class because Brands was a light guy, Smith was a light guy. So you know in the back of their minds, they kind of have a penchant for those little, smaller guys. And, and that's, I mean, I resonate with the lower weights. That match was so freaking crazy. Oh, unbelievable. I was actually, I was watching it today. I don't, I just, I don't know. Videos just come across and I start, I can't not watch them. You're not going to not watch. When you see Spencer Lee Nick pitching in, you watch, no matter like which match it right. is, you're going to watch that match. So I was watching it again. and It's crazy. Like the um, takedowns that Pitch got out of were crazy. There were a couple like deep shots that Spencer got in. Him getting away from Spencer. The you kind of like re-remember stuff. And uh, yeah, because like, everyone talks about, you know, the single and he locked up the cradle. Like everyone remembers that. But the, all the stuff that led to that was almost as interesting as the the final result. Dude, I'll tell you what video clip I can't stop watching. It's from you guys. It's that overtime at the Worlds with Besset Kudakov where he has, oh, yeah. he gets the, the, I can't remember what it's called, like the, um, kind of like the high single, the ball, the ball drop, yeah. And overtime against yeah. him, I've never seen anyone win that, let alone what he did. That's unbelievable. Crazy. Yeah, it, it was pretty much the only cool thing that ever happened in the ball dry era, but it was <laughs> absolutely epic. The no kick question. out and then the, the back hook or whatever he did to expose Federation is like, yeah, all-time great moment. And remember, it's crazy how far, I mean, 2013 Worlds, I don't think you could watch them live. Like, I'm pretty sure there was no way to even watch no. World Live. And so 20, 2000, like when that was, shoot, I don't know what, that was in Moscow. That was like 2000. Nine, nine I think. So 2009, like we we were just hoping Flo would put things up at that point. That was the only way we could see anything was going on. It also overlapped with some pretty bad Team USA oh. teams as well. We were not doing that great then. Brutal. But then, like, it's only been since like 2014 we've been able to even watch these things live. And now UWW's done a 
really nice job of like making it available. Now you can watch everything on YouTube and these things can live on forever. But like there's a lot that's just like if Joe Flo wasn't running his camera, it's like no one in the wrestling world would get to see something. That's Dude, that's that's impact. I I like the days of when Flo was user generated content and the night of the NCAAs. If you didn't happen to watch it and you didn't have DVR, mm -hmm. you knew that the next day someone would record their TV upload the video on yeah. flow and before it got ripped down for copyright you'd be able to watch it but it was like <laughs> second hand but user generated yeah. content it was freaking crazy man um yeah right. super illegal but very cool <laughs> good to see how the i mean the website now is just unbelievable um and, and last question for you man is and we ask all of our guests this because that's the name of the podcast yeah how did wrestling change your life and it doesn't have to be anything specific but just in general like what has it done for you and you know, what's the impact for you? Uh, wrestling changed my life in a lot of ways. And I would say one of the biggest ways is that it showed me what I was able to, it, it helped me learn a lot about myself when, when I first, I mean, and probably the, the biggest impact wrestling had on me, even though it's just a small footnote, probably in like my story is the wrestling practices I had. To, we were, we did crazy practices we did all this conditioning it was like i'd run cross country for five years so obviously i had worked hard but like i thought i knew what it meant and then i really found out one what it meant to work really hard because our, our practices were super tough um and i found out not only how to work hard but also what i was like capable of and that like when you find out at 18 years old that you're capable of way more it's it's a it's kind of a profound thing to like have this real, whoa, like at that point in time, you feel like you've been around for a while and you learn something like that. Like, well, I can do way more. There's so much more I have to give. There's so much more I could be doing and, and how you can kind of apply that into different aspects of life, I think is, is what I did. So I think for me, that's like, if I had to say one thing, it, it really, it was that self-realization of what I could become. And then that, that was that message was reinforced to me a 10,000 different times when I was listening to a John Smith, a Tom Brand, mm. a Kale Sanderson speak. And then when I was watching the things that these guys were doing when I was watching a, an Iowa practice on flow or um, something along those lines, I was seeing like, this is what it takes. This is what these people are putting their life into this thing. And this is what it requires. And so like, to me, it's like, okay, well, what does this job require? What do I need to do? What is the thing that parallels to this job? So that one lesson in high school wrestling from Coach Robinson, um, who's the man, learning how to work hard and like get tough, and even though I was so terrible, that, and then applying that and what, observing it, it's just like been this really reinforcing message of, of hard work and discipline and getting to where you want to be. And certainly... I, I don't have that down pat at all, but it, at least that awareness is, is super important. When it probably carries through to the work ethic you have now at Flow. I mean, it has to. Yeah, I, it, it definitely has. It, it absolutely has. And, um, I mean, and part of that is that too. Like, I came in and, you know, why, why was I able to be productive is because I got to work and observe with, you know, Willie and Mark Bader. I mean, Mark Bader is, is, is to me, I mean, Mark Bader was a legend when I started, you know, working with him, right? Like I, so 
just to watch how that guy approached covering tournaments. And so he was really helpful for me. So again, there's that message reinforced and Willie was so, um, and we had a really, really close relationship because we just talked literally all day, every day. Cause he's, he's obsessed with this. Like I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. So it's all we think about. So we're just, we just really, we, we connect in a lot of different ways. So, um, yeah, it absolutely has been, um, helped me to be a, a good employee here. And, um, yeah. Well, man, it's been awesome to listen to your content. I, I love flow radio and, you know, the way, uh, the way you guys kind of joke around and have fun with it really makes it enjoyable. So it's been, it's been cool to chat with you here and I greatly appreciate you taking the time amongst your busy schedule. Have fun at practice tonight, man. And we'll talk soon. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Have a good one. And all great things must come to an end. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a review, give us a rating and share this with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Thanks for listening to wrestling changed my life.